Hi, my name is Aisha Small. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Youth and Education podcast, where I interview interesting guests to explore developments in education, research and policy that affect young people, primarily in the UK. This podcast is brought to you by the Youth Think and Action Tank, LKM Co. Hello people, welcome to episode 23 of LKM Co's Youth and Education podcast. This episode sees my lovely colleague, Dr. Sam Bars, interviewing Bart Shaw. For the eagle-eared amongst you, you may recognise Bart from episode number one, back over a year ago when we started the podcast. This time, Bart is talking about uh, some recent research that he's led, which is all about mentoring, and it's called Forging Futures Through Mentoring. Sam and Bart discuss the research findings, uh, why mentoring is so popular, and the positives and the risks that are associated with, with mentoring. They also talk about some key recommendations for people who are going to be mentors, those who are running mentoring programmes, as well as uh, for schools and policymakers. So, listen on and do enjoy this episode. LKM co-believe society should ensure all children and young people receive the support they need to make a fulfilling transition to adulthood. Find us at lkmco.org. Can we listen to it now? So good morning Bart. Good morning. Uh, it's good to see you. How are you feeling? Great. Um, it's been a while since you've been on the LKM Co podcast. You were the the, the maiden the podcaster, yeah, yeah many, many months ago. So we're back here again, yeah. and today we're talking about mentoring. Before we get on to mentoring, I wanted to hit you uh, with a question that's, that's not in the pack I sent over. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you're a fan of top fives. I am a big fan of top fives, yeah. Uh, and, and the top fives apparently kind of spans of pretty much any aspect of your life we've discovered. You've got a top five for almost, almost anything. Yeah. Um, a question I've got really interested in recently is everyone's own experience of the phases of their education. Okay. And your own CV is perfect because it contains five phases in your education. So you went from primary to secondary, you then did your 16 to 18, did your A-levels, and then you did undergrad and you also have a master's. True. So in my mind, that's five phases yeah. of your education as Bart Shaw. Off the cuff, I'd like you to put them in order. In terms of your, how much fun did you have? Which did you enjoy the most? <laughs> how much fun did I have? I'll give you about 30 seconds. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> Probably in uh, primary school was the most fun, for sure. Okay. If we're talking just fun. Just fun. Primary school was the most fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then masters, university, <laughs> secondary school and A-levels. A-levels being the least fun. Okay, and a bit of a chuckle at secondary school, but unfortunately we don't have time to to dig into precisely why that might have raised a laugh from you, but okay. I I share with you, thank thank you first of all for sharing that top five, Um, and I I share with you the top spot with with primary, I think the rest of them come in different order, but it's interesting, and I'm keen to ask this question to more and more people. Yeah, that age is quite fun, but then I guess at the same time you also, you know, you get while I got upset by little things. School dinners used to upset me massively, <laughs> cause of many yeah. much your tears. Yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, I guess it was a... Packed lunches are the answer. Pat then lunch. You know what you're getting before yeah, you even leave, leave home. 
Right. We'll move on to mentoring. Uh, yeah, we'll move on to mentoring. Um, today we're talking about forging features through mentoring, a risk worth pursuing, which is a report that we wrote yeah. recently. Um, what's the focus of this research bar in a nutshell? So it was uh, a report that was commissioned by the uh, Office for the Children's Commissioner. Um, and I think the background to it was, I think it's fair to say that they were really interested in things that they could do to do with sort of helping vulnerable young people. And, uh, you know, they come across mentoring as an approach. There's, as I guess I'm going to talk about later, there's lots of mentoring programmes that kind of happen in the UK uh, and so they wanted um, I guess a sort of rapid bit of research um, combining a bit of kind of mapping what's going on here in England with which is the, the um, obviously what the Children's Commission is responsible for um, combined with some you know what the international research says about mentoring um, and so with a sort of particular focus on vulnerable young people but they were interested in in quite a wide mm. wide sense so essentially you know what are the what what's the impact of ment- of mentoring is it an approach that's working really well is it not working really well or i guess in reality like most things it's going to be what are the what are the aspects of things that work better than others yeah. and what are the little shades of nuance that they need to um consider mm. um and why so, mentoring? Why mentoring? Of all the things that you can do question. with young people, why do they come to us with a mentoring brief? Because it's quite a popular approach. Okay. And I guess it happens in lots of different contexts, doesn't it? So um, thinking back to you know, when I was a teacher in school, I got asked to mentor um, a, a young guy who was actually, uh, he was in care at the time, so a vulnerable uh, young man, so I did a, mm. did a bit of that. Um, I'm not sure I was particularly helpful. It's really interesting thinking, looking at what the research says about what aspects of mentoring are helpful or not for vulnerable young people. I'm pretty sure I was about as use as a chocolate teapot, as they say. <laughs> um, I'm sure. It was so it would have been well. good to have read this research before <laughs> I before I'd done that. So there's, there's there's a whole lot of mentoring that happens in schools. Schools use. Uh, peer mentoring as well. This report was kind of less concerned with that form. It was looking more at kind of uh, adults mentoring teenagers, but there is a little bit in there about peer mentoring, mm. um, which I guess sort of slightly slightly different approach, but in the same bracket. And then there's uh, a whole range of approaches that are to do with uh, mentoring young people into the workplace or into careers or mentoring young people who might otherwise not uh, apply for universities but they have got the academic credentials mm. to do so mm. um, so kind of mentoring being used in lots of different ways and kind of wanted, wanted to find out what are the common threads what what's good about it what mm. works and what doesn't mm. something I really like about this report is it takes one of those one of those kind of classic themes in youth and education of, of uh, something like mentoring which everyone sort of knows what mentoring is and lots of young people experience mentoring. It's a bit of a go-to approach, um, potentially for good reasons, but it's actually this, it covers so many different things yeah, right. and it can work really well and also not very well, that that's precisely why you it's need It's kind research. of a big, big challenge for us right at the start was mm. kind of 
trying to you know come up with a working definition because mm. there isn't really a sort of a um, you're right it is used in a real broad range of ways um, and I guess one of the biggest sort of differences is when is you know there's a school of mentoring I guess which is very much about developing young people in the whole mm. um, so uh, developing their kind of emotional social you know uh, academic you know the, all the things that mm. young people are going through um, uh, and then there's mentoring which is really focused on particular outcomes whether that's the sort of school-based mentoring that might be you know here's a group of children or here's a young person who is behind target on their GCSE progress you know let's mm. mentor them to, to do better or or you know, here's, you know, we want to mentor this young person so they can get into the job of their or the career that they aspire to. Mm. Um, so, so yes, even that thinking about mentoring in different ways. So yeah, it, that that was a, a sort of tricky challenge at mm. the at the start of the project, but essentially it's sort of it is bound up with one kind of common, I guess, sort of common kernel of it, which is that it's about a relationship with a purpose between someone who's more experienced in a particular domain or in life generally or, mm. uh, and someone who's less experienced and is uh, you know, in some way, you know, you know, the aim is to support them in some way. Yeah, nice. That's a nice general definition. Um, you mentioned earlier that there were broadly kind of three phases to this research. Yeah. So we kind of, we mapped out existing provision yeah. and made a pretty cool database of what's out there at the moment yeah. across the country. We then did a, a detailed, quite systematic review of the literature. Is yeah. that right? And then thirdly, we spoke to the systematic. Okay. And we weren't looking at absolutely everything that's out there. Okay. We were looking at kind of, um, you know, what, I guess, what are the sort of, uh, or, or making a bit of a judgment about what were the more robust, most sort of generalizable um, bits mm. of literature yeah. out there. Okay. So studies that have considered lots of schemes and tried to reach an overall right. impression of their effects. Yeah, exactly. Okay, really useful. And then lastly, we spoke to some experts in, yeah. the, in the field. Yeah. Going to the, the mapping exercise, we found what appeared to be also a suggestion of some regional differences in the extensive provision. But we, um, from a kind of a, a methodological perspective, what I found particularly interesting is some of the reasons why those different, why it would be easy to put too much weight or yeah. emphasis on those differences. And I actually thought that was quite a, that was a part of the report I really liked, that we, uh, firstly, could you run us through the sort of some of the regional differences we found, but also why it may have been that some regions would be more likely to respond or, or, or some right. of those kind okay. of considerations. Because I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So uh, I mean, just as a bit of background, we we did we use kind of two data sources for this, and um, the first of which is just to say, you know, hugely grateful for the response from local authorities because we wrote to every local mm. authority in the country. Wow. And, um, uh, more than a third of them responded in a really helpful way. I mean, it was it was really sort of. Um, you know, we started this research in December and we published in March, so mm. it was all done to quite a tight time scale. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, hugely grateful for those local authorities who wrote back to us and told us 
what kind of mentoring schemes they were either funding themselves mm. or had a sort of responsibility for oversight for. Um, so that was one aspect of it. And the other was just a kind of Google search uh, using a kind of bunch of pre-agreed search terms uh, to try and find out what's, you know, so, so, so essentially we've got uh, mentoring programs that local authorities are telling us about, mentoring programs that have a web presence. Mm. Um, so we can't take those two things together as being a kind of the definitive list of mentoring programs. There right. may be loads that we missed. So mm. for example, local authorities, uh, we, we didn't ask them because you know, just for, in terms of the time and the practicability of it, we didn't ask them to tell us about every bit of mentoring that happened in every school in that local authority. Okay. You know, so, because um, uh, that would just be too mammoth a task yeah. for them in the time. Mm. So it's really to give us a flavour of what was out there. Mm. We did get um, we did get a real balance in terms of local authorities from different regions of the UK uh, getting back to us. And from that, we can sort of think that, you know, I guess it's less surprising. We found there were more, um, so from the local authorities and from the internet search, there's more mentoring programmes happening in London you'd expect that because of population you know the, there's more children in London mm. um, but it seemed to be a little bit beyond that if you looked at the kind of the rough proportions of the population in London mm. and the proportion of mentoring there seemed to be sort of disproportionate like mentoring per capita yeah. almost right okay yeah. I mean and we've not got uh, we've not got a data set that would allow us to do something that you could put any weight on mm. on what you've just said mentoring per capita but it seemed to be okay uh, that way mm. so that was the i guess the first finding and then less in regions like um uh, the east of england northeast and west west midlands uh, i mean it would be pure conjecture to try and work out why that was the case why there were fewer mentoring schemes I mean we don't even know for a start whether there's actually fewer mentoring schemes or whether mm. we were just told that they were less likely to tell us yeah. about mentoring schemes or they had mentoring schemes without a web presence for example mm. uh, or where it was um, more difficult to work out that they were based in West Midlands not every website tells you where the children live that they are mentoring so um, so uh, yeah, it's it's a sort of a slight compromise, I guess, in a way. But I think the things that it does tell us that's really useful is firstly, it kind of confirms that idea that it is a reasonably popular intervention in the UK. Mm. Um, we were slightly surprised that there was less focus on, um, I guess, disadvantaged pupils than you might expect. Most programmes seemed not to. Well, a few programmes did target particular groups. Um, children in care, a small minority of programmes targeted children in care, small minority of programmes um, uh, looked at um, children with special educational needs. And it, it was a su surprisingly small number explicitly targeted disadvantaged pupils. But again, we might be missing, we might, well, two things we might be missing. That, the programmes that we found out about, that might not be... A, a kind of representative sample mm -hmm. um, and second that we weren't able to find out how many children were passing through each scheme or each intervention so we know there's one scheme in particular that's um, pretty well known that, um, uh, that targets children from uh, ethnic minority backgrounds 
there's only one of those that we found um, uh, that sort of specifically sets out to work with ethnic minority children from ethnic minorities, but they're huge and nationwide, mm. and they mentor thousands mm. of kids. Right. So you know, it's not quite right to say that isn't you know that's not happening. Mm. So we didn't. We wanted to 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 fall short of not overclaim, not try and say this is a this is an audit mm. uh, of mentoring provision in this country, more that this is a flavour mm. of the kind of things. And it certainly about. demonstrates what you said before about <clears throat> despite having this overall bracket of activity called mentoring, right. there's a whole range of stuff going on in there. Um, it, it's, you yeah, know, it sort of totally. varies by region, but the, across the country there, when you look nationwide, there's a lot going on. Right. Targeting different groups, consisting of very different kind of activities, yeah. mentors being recruited in very different ways. Um, yeah. And it's interesting, there are a, sort of a few things that we didn't really bring out in the report that would be really interesting to look at a bit mm. further. So one of them was, so local authorities have a legal duty to provide mentoring for children in care through the Independent Visitors Programme. Okay. Um, we got a surprisingly small number of local authorities telling us about that when we asked them about their mentoring provision that they provided. Right, okay. <laughs> a, a small number coming back and saying, oh, and here's our independent visitors scheme. Mm. Um, so it sort of begs the question, doesn't it, of whether that's happening the way it's designed. There's also you know, independent visitors on them to provide advocacy, all sorts of other things mm. uh, for children in care, but mentoring is quite a big part of that. So it's either that local authorities aren't able to do it, mm. or they're it's being targeted in a way that's maybe slightly different from the policy intention. But we would have expected that one to come up probably a bit more uniformly. Yeah. Because it's almost like stock, his, stock yeah. response. You ask a look. Yeah, totally. Okay, it's, interesting. Yeah. Mm. So lots of things like that that are kind of not, they weren't at the, you know, it, would, it wouldn't have been right for us to say this is a finding from our mm. report. It's almost like a little hint that maybe things aren't, working quite as they something should something to perhaps. dig into yeah. deeper yeah okay I wanted to move on to the lit review and the experts next because they in particular those those sources of knowledge that we drew on were particularly useful for yeah. saying what what are the best bets if we're going to if we're going to mentor as an approach to supporting yeah. vulnerable young people and children then how do we do it best how do we do it right and what are yeah. some of the barriers and challenges sure could you just summarise what we found there, what people said, and, and what kind of effects we'd found in the literature through to what you know, experts and practitioners told us right. about what they think works best? Yeah, so one thing that really came... So the experts fitted into two broad categories, I guess. Okay. One where we talked to people who were involved in quite often quite large-scale... Not, not only there were, there were some people we spoke to who, were, who worked on a smaller scale. At the, uh, we spoke to a, uh, someone who... Um, use mentoring as part of a, uh, an alternative provision mat, so a group of schools uh, or a group of institutions providing uh, alternative provision. Mm. Uh, so that was really interesting. But quite often the sort of practitioner's side of the experts we spoke to were involved in quite large-scale mentoring. One of the things that I guess really came out from that was uh, the, some of the um, issues to do with recruiting mentoring that sort of recruiting mentors that supply side element of it some people talk just about the difficulties of getting the raw numbers but then matching that to the literature as well there's quite a lot in the literature about 
ensuring that there's a good match between a young person and a mentor. Mm. Um, so some qualitative research that looks at you know, what actually are the, you know, there's the, what are the, the characteristics of somebody who is going to be a more effective mentor. Uh, and there's a, a term called sort of attunement, like how well attuned the adult or the mentor is to the needs of the young person. Are they prepared, are they able to have a conversation with a young person that's on the young person's terms, where mm. the young person's facilitated, supported to bring out their own concerns, things that actually are going to make a difference to them. Mm. Um, and then there's also uh, some stuff in the literature about kind of shared life experiences, shared interests um, that can make a real big difference. I'm going to slightly jump around because it's just <laughs> that's made me think that actually the, the key thing that came out of the, both the literature and the experts was mm. about the quality, I guess it's the quality of the relationship. Okay. Um, so I guess matching mentors to mentees is an important part of ensuring that that relationship works. Mm. Other things that came out really strongly from the literature, um, particularly from, there's a bunch of uh, studies that are quite huge, on a really large scale from the USA where there's a kind of, I guess, it, uh, like a, a really large scale mentoring program there called Big Brothers Big Sisters that operates through schools. There's huge amounts of data that that's generated okay. uh, over kind of a reasonably long term, you know, um, uh, you know, the program has been going on for years. So there's interesting. There's number one. There's a big sample of, mm. of people who've been through the mentoring program. Second, there's kind of a longitudinal dimension right. to that analysis mm. and uh, how long the mentoring relationship lasted was a really good indicator of kind of what whether there would be successful outcomes. Mm to the point that for vulnerable young people in particular, if a mentoring relationship doesn't last very long or ends early, mm. so the program's meant to last for you know, 12 months, but the mentor and the mentee stop seeing each other after a few months, mm. something like that, then that's actually quite damaging for young people who, you, know, you can imagine for a young person in care that that sort of relationships with adults is mm. quite a tricky concept to begin with mm. and that if here's someone who you're starting a relationship with mm. and if that doesn't work out then that kind of adds to yeah um, adds to you know problems in that in that area so is that one of the reasons why we identify in the report that although the the gains from mentoring can be greatest for vulnerable children and young people the risks can also be greatest and right, that's yeah, why totally. that's why the report has this title in it a risk worth pursuing yeah. there can be risks you know it's not all totally. positives and it's not to say that you shouldn't be mentoring uh, vulnerable young people right Almost the opposite but you've got to be really careful and I think the message well I don't want to be too sort of <laughs> um, uh, I think the message from the research is that you've got to take a lot of care in designing your mentoring program mm. to make sure that you you load you know you load the chances in favor of this being a, a, a relationship that that lasts for, um, for for more than a year. That it's a long-term relationship where there's uh, it, it meets the needs of the mentee rather than the, what the mentor is able to offer. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And that there are um, and that you 
increase the chances of it being you know a quality relationship in terms of um in terms of i guess in terms of perception so do both participants feel that they're particularly the mentee feel mm-hmm. that they're getting something out of it um uh, then once you've got that in place then you that's when you might start to see the impact on you know your your the outcomes of your mentoring mm. program but it's a uh, yeah, really important i think for mentoring programs to be kind of a little bit versed in that literature and that mm. research about what works around mentoring mm. and we've got some really some really short concise summaries in the report of almost like best bets or you yeah. know, if like as as you said if you're if you're setting up a mentoring scheme then here are some some crucial things to consider and bear right. in mind. Here are some of the things yeah. where risks could creep in if you don't think about these questions. Right, but I don't want to oversell that because we okay. we attempted to do that. I think we do it a little bit. Mm. There are um, other people working in a similar sort of uh, similar domain. Centre for Youth Impact, for example, who are trying to look at their own evaluations and try and work out what are the what are the nuggets that tell you what, what works as a, mm. in terms of a mentoring program. Ours certainly, I wouldn't say it's the definitive list, but a starting point. And I think actually one of the things that we call for as a result of doing this research is mm. it would be really useful actually for someone, might be the Children's Commission, it might be someone else, but for someone to continue to try and pull together all this very, all this very sort of disparate research yeah. about mentoring mm. disparate in terms of you know where it happens but also the type of mentoring that happens mm. trying to pull it together so that it's really easy for mentoring programs to uh, to look at you know what the evidence tells them them about how to how to tweak or how to design their own programs mm. and are there any other key features of effective mentoring programs that oh, you haven't mentioned you're putting me on the spot now so I talked about uh, the sort of duration of relationships and the quality so, of the relationship yeah the quality of the relationship I mean one of the things about duration is it, it does it does it becomes quite problematic for school-based mentoring which is quite often constrained mm. by the the school year so yeah. I think that's something for schools to think about actually less likely to have uh, a positive impact on uh, whatever outcome you're after, whether it's academic outcomes or social emotional outcomes, less likely to have positive impacts if you if the mentoring program lasts less than a year compared to if it lasts, you know, more, you know, essentially slightly the longer the better. Mm. One really interesting nugget that came out some American research is that giving children so this is some some easy stuff about actually having a program that's flexible enough for um, the the young person to uh, to have the meeting with the mentor at times and places that are either convenient to them or that they feel comfortable and you know, safe. So that might again that might not be in a school that might be outside of the school or it might mm. be that the opposite is a fame. You know the opposite is true. They might want it and on their on their terms. But, mm. Um, so it's more flexibility rather than there is one place, there is one way of doing it. Sure. But flexibility around what the young person wants seems to be important. Flexibility around the young person's, um, the young person cho- having an element of choice in their mentor, being able to say, um, so there's a, 
kind of a, a, a movement in the States that they're calling a, a youth-led mentoring. And one of the experts we talked to had done some qualitative research looking at, um, uh, looking at young people who, out of their community, they had had the opportunity to say, I want this person to mentor me. Uh, and that they were some early findings indicating that this was a really successful approach. Okay. Um, so, uh, so that kind of youth-initiated, um, youth-led um, part of mentoring seemed to be useful. Mm. Um, support and training for mentors right. is probably the other really important thing to that came out of it so and I'm guessing that's something that's easy to overlook in that easy all the focus is on right. the person who's receiving the mentoring but actually it's totally and you're, you're you know you might be um, you know you might have not worked with young people before mm. and you're you're coming in and you're mentoring um, a young person and suddenly it's a surprise that they're not always enthusiastic about it or mm. that the relationship has ebbs and flows and actually supporting mentors through that can lead to the you know the, the mentoring continuing rather than stopping it or for the, yeah. for the mentor not to get so frustrated with the you know you you are unlikely to be making a tangible in, impact at the start of this relationship there needs to be a bending in phase before um, before young people are actually um, you know, changing aspects of their life yeah, or sure. so uh, mm. so actually. Yeah, I guess uh, giving mentors an idea of what it's going to be like mentoring at the start of the program is useful, but then that sort of ongoing support of, you know, it's actually quite difficult mentoring young people. You know, do mentors have a chance to talk about what's working and what isn't working mm. with the program coordinators? Mm. Um, you know, are there sort of techniques, conversational techniques that might be useful? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that sort of support and training for mentors. Support is for the mentors. Really, yeah, really important part. Can mentoring raise young people's attainment at school? Can it, can it be used to support wider life outcomes? Which where is it more or less effective? Yeah, that was really interesting looking at these uh, kind of. I guess the, although there's two, the, the, there are two schools of mentoring. I guess some of which that do look at more tangible short-term outcomes such as academic attainment and right. others that look at the more I guess you know getting closer to that counseling end of although mentoring isn't counseling we're getting closer to that sort of social emotional side of things okay uh, and holistic uh, it seemed um, I'm trying to remember the, the, the nuance of it the, the easy answer is that yeah both that mentoring can have an impact on both okay that when you look at the sort of the meta-analyses of these large-scale programs, mm. um, sometimes academic outcomes appeared to be stronger. Okay. But that's sort of noted within the within that literature is the fact that they they're easier to measure. Right. Um, Interesting. And uh, right. So so it, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure there was. I definitely don't think there's a sort of yes, it works for the, on that for that outcome, and yes, it doesn't mm. work for others. One of the one of the conclusions that I guess the largest meta-analysis that's been conducted to date 
Dubois et al. 2011 for anyone who's interested. And just so you know, there's Dubois doesn't have a single shred of paper in front of him that just <laughs> came from the top of his head. Um, how, how, could I, how, how could I forget that um, <laughs> that meta-analysis? It is, you know, it's, um, it's really uh, comprehensive. There are kind of 80 or so studies in there, aren't there? It's a big one. I mean, there's, there's yeah. lots and lots. Yeah, there's a big study. Lots. Big study, mm. um, trying to sort of draw, well, it's a, there are lots of, yeah, exactly, lots of big studies in there right. that they're trying to draw together. Um, and one of the things that they concluded was actually that one of the things that mentoring is quite good at is hitting a number of domains. It might be beneficial for programs not to just focus on one particular outcome because you know, the, the, the mentoring relationship might have a positive impact on something that you've not necessarily that you've not considered yeah and so it, it's worth doing for that reason mm. so um so yeah i wouldn't want to create any sort of there, there didn't seem to be a particularly strong case for having one outcome versus another outcome but there did seem to be a case for being reasonably broad mm. in your intentions yeah it seemed to me that there were, it was almost one of those cases where you've got effect sizes that when taken across the piece are kind of things are overlapping. There's, there wasn't any clear stark evidence that uh, mentoring should only really be used to go after you know, increases in, in uh, educational attainment, for instance, and, and it's no good at achieving wider outcomes or vice versa. There's more of a mixed bag of evidence. Yeah. Um, and some of that noise is probably accounted for by the very factors you were just talking about, like the quality of those individual schemes or the, the tweaks to the individual programs that you can make there you um, go. so that's someone who really understands research saying what i <laughs> wanted to say but in a better no i mean in that, a more that, more uh, coherent way no yeah you're absolutely that's yeah that's, okay that's what that's i took right, away yeah. so i'm glad that's kind of the right reading yeah. of it um which sometimes can be a frustrating finding but it's also often the most genuine yeah, reading yeah, of the evidence totally. right and i think um, it's a positive i think it's, it's positive it's saying you know this is something that can have positive impacts across mm. such a like a really broad range of mm. you know domains that are useful for young people's development. Mm. And one of my penultimate question was going to be going back to the title of the report: "Is mentoring a risk worth pursuing?" Is it? So yeah, you're now into sort of my uh, opinion, <laughs> I guess. Uh, like, well, opinion based on all this research that we did. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'd say. I'd say certainly I mean, one of the conclusions, looking at both the, the kind of the mapping of mentoring programs and what the experts said, many of whom are really you know already running mentor mentoring programs that have been you know, operating for years, you know with with and, and having had lots of successes, uh, is that. You know, the the reality is there are lots and lots of mentoring programs happening and um, uh, we absolutely think they should continue to happen and um, I think what we're saying is that number one we want people to be mindful of the risks of mentoring right as well as just you know don't just think about it in terms of an easy win mm. um, you know, it can be quite cheap you've got volunteer mentors in many cases mm. coming in and uh, you know it's not a it's it's quite an attractive um, 
intervention for that reason. But, but it's, not, not, it's not win, always win-win. You know, right. there, there are things that you need to bear in mind, particularly around you know, tr- trying to avoid relationships ending early for vulnerable young people. Mm. Um, uh, but there's, you know, there's lots of potential benefits. Um, and one of the things that I think would be really useful, I think, for particularly for sort of mentoring programs that are just starting out or people who are wanting to use mentoring as part of their intervention with young people is, is kind of trying to avoid this reinventing the wheel um, uh, f- phenomenon. Okay. Uh, you've got lots of people already doing it. Mm. Um, you've got lots of, a really, like, lots of research, growing research that's pretty strong now saying these are the things that seem to be made that make mentoring work or or don't it's not you know it's not definitive it is a growing body of literature but it, it you know there is fairly strong evidence around around bits of it now so it's encouraging people to uh, read the report read our report but also yeah. to kind of um uh, to to keep in mind that there is evidence out there and that there are other people already doing it out there that they could be speaking to mm. and and yeah we would like to see a sector that is better linked to each other and there uh, you know that where potentially there's a role for government in bringing people together and bringing mm. that research base together and supporting mentoring programs in that way yeah okay cool my final question was going to be I thought the well, last one was your final question the last one was my penultimate question penultimate, okay um but you've, you've answered what was going to be my final question, which was, are there any actionable points to take away? And you've just listed a, a really nice, concrete set of, of yeah. recommendations. So my final question is going to be slightly different. You mentioned that you'd done some mentoring when you were, when you were younger. Right. Yeah. Um, what would you, if you could go back in time and just before that session, just have a minute to drop some words of advice in the ear of your younger self, other than reading a summary of the report, what yeah. would you... What would you change about how you had mentored I would, that person? I would be encouraging younger, younger Bart, uh, <laughs> teacher Bart, geography teacher mm. Bart, to uh, actually not challenge but, but have a conversation with the school leaders when I was asked to do it and saying, you know, what are we hoping to get out mm. of this? Um, what do we know about what works with mentoring? To say, is this the right approach for this young person? You know, is there a risk? You know, our relationship, our mentoring relationship, certainly didn't last the, the 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 difference. It was put in place, I think, three months before his GCSEs, and okay. then he left the school. He he actually did come in and do his GCSEs, which was a success in this particular okay. case. Yeah, but, uh, but it was touch and go. Uh, and uh, it would have been better, I think, to have maybe worked with the um, work with the, the 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 professionals involved in his social care yeah. as well. Mm. Um, I might not have been the right person. Um, I think I would have encouraged. I think I wouldn't have leapt into it. You know, being a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, newly newly qualified teacher, I was mm. really keen to help in yeah. any way that I could. Mm. And I would be saying, you know, are, are you sure this is the right approach? Mm. It's a very candid and honest response. Thanks, Bob. <laughs>
The report is up on our website, is it not? Yep, and on the website is. of the Office for the Children's Commissioner. Yeah. Um, yeah, well worth a read. And some of the detail around those studies of impact and variation in delivery is yeah. really, it's a really nice detailed report. Um, right, and yeah. there's a shorter blog as well on our website of course, that yeah. uh, summarises uh, the main points and recommendations from it. Right. So if you are strapped for time, That'll be the place to go. Yeah. Great. Thanks, Bart. Nice to see you again on the podcast. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, Sam. Okay. Good work. Hey, people. I love making this podcast. If you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoy making it, there's a few things that you can do. One, subscribe. Press the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you listen to it. Two, share. Share this episode with somebody who you know will find it interesting or is affected by the specific issues covered. Free. Review. Write a review or leave a comment. Also feel free to contact us via the links on the show notes. Thanks a lot. Bye.